It's not really a podcast if I don't start it with some sort of STD humor, is it? Chlamydia! <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Giant enemy crabs. <laughs> oh, somewhere Hideo Kojima is scratching right now. <laughs> Jeez. I'm starting the music. WWF Light Heavyweight Champion Gilbert, brother, and you're listening to the Greetings Guild Podcast. Why, why is it that most of the people who are against abortion are people you wouldn't want to fuck in the first place? Huh? Huh? Welcome, everybody, to episode 79 of the Cretans Guild Podcast. I am Jay. Uh, with me. You really, we're gonna. This is the game we're gonna play. You get, <laughs> you, you get a fucking soundboard, and all of a sudden you got a goddamn power trip. Yeah, this, this oh, is how it is. Oh wait, let me bring it back. It, okay, no, okay, I'll bring it. No, no, it's back again. Oh, okay, okay. I'll bring it. I'll, I'll bring it out for real. For oh, real. It's audio engineer it's humor is the best. It's yeah. just the fucking best, isn't it, everybody? He's, he's still it's on glorious. morning hours. He's he's, he's still on golf time. <laughs> or excuse me, <laughs> he's still on pro time. Whoops. Uh, well, That's you know, he's, cut. he's he's got a he's got a tee off later today, so <laughs> not for long. <laughs> what? What? You've got a tea time, and you're gonna drink an Arnold Palmer later. What's the big deal? Not yeah. a thing. Although it'd be a John Daly, to be honest. Well, oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And then now, correct me if I'm wrong. The John Daly is uh, uh, absolute limon in tequila out of a stripper's belly button while doing blow off her ass, right? If you're in Tampa. <laughs> uh, on that lovely note, guys, uh, welcome to episode 79. As I said, uh, Bob, keep your hand off of the audio mixer. Uh, I am Jay. With me always is Corey and Bob, and we uh, we are part of the Podfix Network somehow. We're still we're still there. Uh, they haven't kicked us out yet, uh, despite our best efforts. Uh, we, we are we are uh, lucky enough today to be joined uh, by a longtime buddy of the show or a friend of the show, whatever you want to call it, Mister Most Days Off, Miles Francis. Uh, Yo, I'm a... excited to be here, man. Uh, sorry I cut you off there, but I'm just a little irritated because you guys <laughs> specifically told me it wasn't 79, so uh, clearly there was an error. I'm about 10 episodes too late. <laughs> well, I can call it episode 69. That's fine. I get nice. the number wrong every fucking episode anyway, so it's, <laughs> that's kind of my shtick. So yeah, episode 69, just because. Uh, Miles is a stand-up comic in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and host of the single best Simpsons podcast on the internet right now, the <laughs> best darn diddly podcast. Miles, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me back, guys. I'm so excited to chat with you all and nerd out about one of my favorite comedians, for one thing, and then I know we're talking about some other nerdy stuff that I can definitely get down with with you guys tonight. Indeed. Hell yeah. Indeed. Now, before we get into any of the, the actual topics of the show, we, uh, we have a bit of a tradition here on the Cretan Guild podcast, a uh, tradition that we have exercised how many times now? Once? 69? Uh, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I do very mature humor, can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we, we, we do a thing here called the six questions, and we have six random questions that we ask all of our guests. Uh, you, I think you actually might be the first. Is that correct, Bob? Second or third? Third. Oh, Excuse third. me, third. Okay, so third. Uh, so we are going to ask you uh, a series of six questions that are totally random uh, and totally strange, and you have to answer. 
because that's that's just the rules of the show. That's how it works. So it, it's truth or truth. Yeah. yeah, there's no there's no dares involved. <laughs> this is the same thing that middle schoolers do on like you know parties or whatever, only with like the less exciting element. You're saying there's no chance I'm going to get to make out with any of you tonight. Yeah, I'm always up for seven minutes in heaven. Whatever. That's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So first question, keeping it somewhat thematic uh, with one of the topics tonight, what would your pro wrestling finisher be? Oh, shit, dude. You're, you roll that off your tongue. Like, that's something you don't have to sit and think about for a minute, sir. That's a big part of your <laughs> wrestling career. Like, I mean, that that changes everything. I mean, I uh, I want to think of myself, I guess, that has some, like, nice high-fly move. Like, I don't know. Uh, like, the Macho Man elbow drop would be really sure. cool. Something like that. But, like, let's be real. Keeping In today's simple. world, there's not enough time for setup for something like that. Like, I mean, you, you know that's going to be a false finish in every single match for the rest of time. And, like, I, I'm going to get bored with that versus something like... The Stone Cold's, uh, you know, like his, like the stunner, like it, you got the kick and then like the motion. <sighs> Fuck it, you know what? I'm just gonna go, uh, like with my best asset, and I'm gonna use Rikishi's. <laughs> I like asset. that Word was play. <laughs> that was a magnificent journey that you led us on right there. Like, this is this is clearly you're a storyteller, and I appreciate this about you. That was wonderful. All right, uh, Bob, do you want to ask a question? Uh, you know what? I'll ask one. Then, uh, for the next four, we'll we'll spin the rando. Okay. Uh, let's Seems say... like a derailers thing. Yeah, <laughs> Miles. What scene from a kids' movie completely wrecked you? Completely wrecked. Like, okay, so like when you say completely wrecked, like is this like something that terrified me? Like is like like is, like one of those classically like scary moments or like what do you mean exactly? Uh, this could be however you define it. It could be like terrified you, like really shook you to your core, really like like ingrained in your brains. Like I'm gonna remember this for the rest of my life type deal. Man, like I feel like I'm gonna cop out on this, but like I'm blanking to have like literally any like movie. Oh, okay, hold on, wait, no, no, no. Uh, it, it yeah, I do have one. It's the Chinese food scene in the original It, the miniseries, like where they're eating in the fortune cookies oh, and like the like crap oh. stuff comes out. There was a while where like I every time I'd go to like a Chinese food place, I'd like kind of like look inside my like uh, fortune cookie a little bit extra to like just to make sure. That's a good fucking pick. Yeah, that's a very good pick. <laughs> Jeez. Right, uh, the randomizer has come up with number four. So what TV character would you be besties with? Michelangelo from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Which version? Uh, honestly, have you guys seen the uh, the 2012 version? Is that the Nickelodeon version? Yeah. The CGI, the, the best turtles that's ever been created? I agree completely. <laughs> yeah. I re Okay, so wait, I'm going to back... I'm, the best series. I still, in my heart, rank uh, the original movie to be the best turtles creation of all time. But I closely rank uh, the 2012 Nickelodeon series right afterwards. And I just feel like the characters are super fleshed out in that world so much mm -hmm. more than they are in almost any other era of the, the turtles. But... Uh, uh, honestly, just kind of like this, like, amalgamation of them all together, like, it, it, Michelangelo. That, that's, fuck y'all, that's a good answer. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> a good answer. Was Michelangelo always kind of like the party turtle in, like, every single iteration? Pretty, Pretty much. much. He's yeah. the party dude, if you will. Yes, oh. of course. More so than the other three. <laughs> what set of three items could you buy that would make the cashier most uncomfortable? <laughs> 
That's a funny-ass question. The most <laughs> uncomfortable... I mean, you know, if I'm being honest, I'm going to have to read the cashier first. Like, I'm going to come in and I'm going to, like, just, like, walk around the front aisle, act like I'm looking at the candy and magazines. But, like, really, I'm just kind of evaluating the person that is about to ring me up. But, like, okay. general population, we'll just assume they're average... Uh, well, actually, obvi- let's 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 workshop this a little bit. Let's, okay, go let's, with let's, it. Yeah. Instead of instead of saying average, Bob is the cashier. Okay, so I have to uh, I have to buy the three items that make Bob the most uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Good the luck. three items that I'm gonna buy are going to be Bob's house. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Bob's car. <laughs> And the Bob's kids elementary school where I can impart my wisdom on his kids growing up. Dude, you just bought like all my financial responsibilities. I got nothing left now. <laughs> Question number five. What's the last thing you streamed to watch online? Uh, the last thing is, do you wait? Just anything. Okay. Uh, that'd be anything. some George Carlin comedy, my friend. Nice. Very nice. Nice research. You know, uh, I wanted to be prepared to like talk about some of his more more famous bits and just some of like the the you know I I love George, but admittedly before Bob asked me if I wanted to be a part of this, it's been a minute since I've just like sat down and watched George Carlin. I mean, like it's awfully specific. Somehow, like classic stand up, uh, watching him work from a stage in that sort of a social climate it retains a much different texture than than like a lot of uh, modern day stand up shows do and I, I said I'm using a snooty word like texture because I don't want to be like they don't make them like this anymore a lot of modern day stand up's great but I was watching uh, Richard Pryor like two days ago and it seemed to be like so much more interactive like there is much more of like a like a uh, like a magnetic vibe between the audience and the performer in those days yeah it's more like par- everyone's part of the room yeah. yeah. Everything Strangely. now is so, so tied to corporate sponsorship mm-hmm. money. Everything. So, like, all the Netflix specials have, like, a look about them that you can kind of, like, even if you don't know, if you just walk in, you'll know it's, like, you can kind of feel that it's, like, a Netflix special. Uh, yeah. It's the same with every form of enter- entertainment, though. Like, think about wrestling and how cookie-cutter that has become compared to, mm-hmm. like, the good old days, uh, the era, you know, like, just... just to your point, now it's all about like, okay, we've got to make sure that we talk about this product X number of times while making sure we get this backdrop in where, you know, it has whatever wrestler doing whatever, you know, hitting somebody with a thing of KFC or something stupid. Uh, and like, <laughs> it's not as organic as it once was. I mean, uh, and the same, yeah. the same is true with comedy for, for, you know, so, to some extent, like, don't get me wrong. It's, I mean, comedy is still fucking fantastic. Uh, and there's right. a lot of great specials coming out all the time, but yeah, there mm-hmm. is like a, um, almost like an over flooding too sometimes with the Netflix specials it's hard to keep up like I mean so many times somebody's like have you seen this and I'm like no I haven't like at that time <laughs> there is that it's it's almost kind of like a grindhouse for uh, for stand-up comedy um, but I, I want one one day so please keep churning them out <laughs> like, yeah. double your production if anything there's not enough Netflix you fucking listening yeah Hulu you should start competing get in the comedy circuit all right 
final question before we get into the show, because uh, yeah, oh, we haven't actually, yeah. yeah, we haven't <laughs> actually started the show yet. Uh, final One question. One of my inspirations in podcasting is Kevin Smith, who famously uh, has these shows, an evening with Kevin Smith, where he'll be asked, like you know, throughout the course of the night, it's supposed to be a Q and A, uh, where you know he answers fans' questions and like talks about shit. But it, inevitably, it ends up he always will have like a three-hour show where he answers like two questions because he's doing <laughs> what I'm doing right now. So. Yeah. Kevin Kevin would fit in just fine on this show. No, yeah. this is normal for us. Don't don't don't. No apologies necessary. Right. Awesome. Uh, final question though: What is one underappreciated website that more people should know about? Underappreciated website that more people should know about. I mean, off the top of my head, I would have to think like bestdarndidly.com or mrmostdaysoff.com, but I feel like I am I've a bit heard biased. Of those. <laughs> uh, oh no. no. Let me- Plug Let your me, shit, uh, dude. That's fine. I, I am plugging. <laughs> totally, totally plugging. Let me look real quick and see, like, I'm going to open my phone and, like, see what just kind of, like, pops up as something that I go to a lot that I don't necessarily think about. Because, like, I mean, I really like a lot of things on, like, like honestly, I find myself when I'm looking for entertainment, like, just YouTube more than anything. So maybe, let me plug a YouTube channel. Does that count? Is that That's cool? That's perfectly sure, fine. Like, does that Absolutely. Work? Yeah. Uh, Man, I'm sort of kind of cheating. I'll, I'll I'll give you that, but like I'm I, see like I'm awful. I have to like go and look right now because I can't think of like what the hell I watch all the goddamn time. <laughs> uh, like, have you heard of uh, Watch Mojo? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> 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 I know I'm really uh, off the you know like the Daily Show. Is that something that you guys have heard of? Oh, the one uh, with, uh, <laughs> Trevor Noah. <laughs> oh, so, that so French you have guy, heard yeah? about it. That's- uh, you know what? I'll plug this. One of my favorite series that I really love on YouTube is called Pitch Meeting by a guy named Ryan George. Are you guys familiar with that at all? No, I'm not. All right. Highly recommend. I, he's probably covered your favorite meeting, but it's this uh, really funny comedian who plays both parts, both the writer of a movie script and the producer who's trying to make money on it. And basically the concept is the pitch meeting where the writer is telling him the idea and the like producer is like, oh, we could we can make money this way. Uh, and they do like all of your favorite movies. So like whatever your favorite movie is, if it's relatively popular, he's probably covered it. All of the Marvel stuff, all of the DC stuff, the Harry Potter stuff, most Disney movies like any big hit film that comes out in a lot of TV series. And he actually uh, did this real meta one where he, he pitched his own show for his 100th episode, which was actually really funny. Uh, but like, so check out Ryan George. I, I want to say he's actually on the channel screen rat, but uh, pitch meeting super cool uh, uh, series that I really like. That's awesome. I'll check that out. All right. Now, before we get into uh, the the two bigger uh, things, we're going to talk. You know, we talked last uh, episode or episode before last about some uh, some title belts where we did our playoffs. Um, but there's been a new one added since then, and it's not the the ugliest fuck uh, TNT title from AEW. It's uh, the new <laughs> US title from the WWE. Yep. Uh, yep. So yeah, let's talk about this guy. Uh, obviously, well past uh, time for a new US title because the old one had been around for. Six, seven hundred years, I think. It outstayed as well. A considerable amount of time, yeah. All right, so the U.S. championship belt has changed considerably. It doesn't look like it was made out of Crayola crayons anymore. Uh, There's actually texture to this one. We've got a a gigantic proud eagle on it, Uh, some flags, uh, red, white, and blue all over it. Well, red, silver, and blue all over it. And then uh, an approximation of 50 stars on it to represent the 50 states. Um, 
personally, I, I think it looks fine. Uh, and I think it'll look great once it's actually on Apollo Crews, who has been uh, absent with probably the coronavirus for the last couple of weeks. Um, <laughs> probably. He hasn't been there. Uh, yeah, Apollo for sure. But as far as like uh, the belt, I just think that when a person wears a belt, like it should like say very loudly champion. And I'm just not sure if this one does. <laughs> <laughs> it is, all right, the, the subtlety is is definitely a, a bit much here. Like it's, yeah. it's a very muted belt. Like, um, I saw this, and I was like, when did they have a division for wrestling birds? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's why we replaced 205 Live. Uh, yeah. Like, straight up, that probably would have been something that Coco Beware wrestled in, is, you know, if there was wrestling <laughs> birds. Kids, if you don't know who Coco Beware is, he was a man that brought a parrot to the ring, and the thing was already always so terrified that its feathers were falling out. In the 80s, Aww. we didn't care about animals. Not we at just all. didn't. Yeah, that, that poor dog, the British bulldog, uh, would like shit in the ring all the time. And, yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. Didn't Undertaker used to come out with a vulture? I think he did once. I want to say that was like a WrestleMania entrance. That's as many times as Scott Steiner came out with an actual fucking tiger. So, uh, I mean. Uh, Christ. Yeah. yeah, wrestling is stupid. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> but it's also the best, but it, it really is stupid. Is. Like, it is. But it, it's it's both somehow. It's if, Honestly, if we didn't have these occurrences, WrestleCrap wouldn't have been invented. So True. Very true. Yeah. And I that's mean, an I, institution, you know? I, I've been watching pro wrestling for 35 years. I'm not going to stop. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love it. it I love how terrible it is. It might be keeping you alive. I mean, you don't know that at this point. It, it, it's <laughs> true. You're not wrong. <laughs> Let's see how many wrestling fans are falling to COVID. I'm just saying. <laughs> so are we, are we pretty much universally in acceptance that this is a significant improvement over the old belt? Improvement, improvement yes. Yes. All right, so we will move on then, because this was that, that was a great topic. Uh, we're gonna... <laughs> We all agree. Knock it out of the park. We've we've <laughs> this this was such a this is such a middling belt that it killed a segment. All right, that's, <laughs> that's you know fuck wrestling belts. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and that will be the last time we review a belt. Look. <laughs> Uh, Bob, you uh, you got to attend the uh, the Born Stuntacular at Universal, huh? Yeah, it's not often I get to experience new things, uh, especially this day and age. I figure a lot of stuff is like, ah, just shut it down. Uh, man, do anything. Wait, Parent, was it parenthood called... fucking sucks, dude. I'm right there with you. I understand. <laughs> was it called the Airborne Stuntacular? No, J- the Jason Born Stuntacular. Oh, okay, because I thought the viruses. Never mind. <clears throat> that, oh, okay. That's not. Nice. That's not a stunt. That's uh, death is not a stunt. That's. I guess it's your final stunt. But yeah, it's the last. Stunt. <laughs> it's not a stunt you do well. If you ever been to Universal, uh, Terminator Two 3D is the uh, this this location that it used to be at. And if you know anything about that attraction, it was a better Terminator Three than Terminator Three ever was. So I was really <laughs> sad to see that go. Yeah. So basically, uh, the same premise is the same. Uh, it's kind of the same deal where you walk in, you go through a queue line, and you sit down and you are given like a pre-show movie. Now, the thing that worried me the most about this is when I was watching this thing, they had it, uh, Julia Stiles, who's played the character from the movies. She's there and she's giving the audience a, a briefing. Really? Thing, I haven't yeah. seen her in like fucking decades. Well, she's there. I noticed something, I guess because, like, I'm a TV guy, I noticed something in this video that I couldn't take my eyes off of. 
Uh-oh. And that's really saying a lot because Julie Styles is really easy on the eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire time her video was on screen, I saw this hard green glow around her frame. I was going to joke and say, did you see the mat line? <laughs> and you saw the fucking mat line. I saw the fucking mat line. It okay, was... for NBC Universal, that is unacceptable. <laughs> it looked like a high school production. It was that bad. I was like, well, man, I can do better with hit film at home. Bob, for, like, <laughs> is this uh, is this like by any chance? Like, I'm just like you know curious. Is this like a pre version? Is there any chance that might get cleaned up before they actually release it, or was this like the show? The when they were doing technical rehearsals, but. This, what hmm. I saw, was a full-fledged, full-running show. And I'm hoping somewhere down the line, you know, it's a, it, as long as you have the raw footage, you can re-render this real easily. It's not that hard of a, a trick to pull off. It just, it looked really bad. And when I was watching, I was thinking, oh, God, this show is going to be crap. And unfortunately, it was not. Oh. Well, fortunately, it, I, I guess. Was that unfortunately, yeah. it wasn't? Like, <laughs> well, I guess it, it's, it's your opinion, because I've never seen the Jason Bourne movies. I got oh, the premise real easily. Hmm. Yeah, I, I I know the premise because I've seen the trailer. Guy uh, spy loses his memory, tries to figure out who he is, but he has all these abilities to like kick your ass five times to Sunday. Yeah, but dude, they play the movie in completely out of order, and like he has to piece it together with Polaroids the whole time. It's fucking dope. Like, is that Memento? Like, that's like Memento. I was going to say. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so when you go in, uh, it's the same room that you watch the like, the Terminator 2 thing, except for this, the room has been altered a little bit. It looks like there's more seating, and the screen itself is freaking gigantic. This is a screened attraction, unfortunately. It's a 130-foot wide and, and like, a nearly 30-feet tall screen. And they use a combination of, like, high-resolution and projections... Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, digitized projections whatever and they take it to like all these different venues and the really cool thing is there's like eight robotic set pieces that track along with the video because the as your point of view is the the screen is just panning from left to right and there are set props just without a track coming into play and then they're moving at the same speed as the background so they blend in really well now, I got the set in the dead center all the way in the very last row, and that's actually a benefit because you can get a full perspective of the entire screen. And there are there are people on the screen, and then there's actors on the stage. The stage itself is like good 30 feet wide from the edge to the screen. So it's really hard to distinguish what you're looking at if that is a real person or if it's someone on the screen, if they're in the right spot. And it's it's such a high resolution, you really can't tell in some cases. It was uh, pretty good. They Oh, the really cool thing was all the stuntmen uh, on the stage were wearing masks as they were performing their thing. So I thought, oh, that's, that's a nice little touch for, I guess, the time that we're living in right now. Oh, it, oh, you it, mean they were wearing? Did, yeah, honestly, I like was like so into that, and I'm like, like, like from the 3D horror show next door type of masks, or like, <laughs> no, like face coverings. I got like it now. It just, it just yeah. took me a second. And a lot of these actors, or I should, they are real stunt doubles. Some of them were stunt doubles for like some big name uh, A-list actors and whatever. And there's a couple of like really uh, good stunts where there's pits. In the stage, so actors can fall 
and like land on an airbag. They bring up props like cars and motorcycles and everything. It was pretty good. I, I would give it a thumbs up. In reference, I watched another video that somebody snuck their camera in and recorded because you're not supposed to take any fo- uh, photography of any kind. They dirty, kept asking, like, dirty, dirty. Yeah, it, you're not supposed to do that. Some people did it anyway. Not a shocker. <laughs> and their perspective is they were sitting really far to the edge and it made it really easy to see what was a screen and what was a person. So that kind of killed it a little bit for me. So this attraction really matters where you're sitting. But overall, I think it's a, it's, Good replacement for Terminator 2, not the best. If you don't like the way Universal's bringing out the screens, hey, they got a huge-ass screen now. I was going to say, T2 was a, was a screen, too, though, wasn't it? Like, isn't, wasn't it? Like, all, like I, it's been a while since I've been on that ride, like, at least five years. But, like, it was it was really more of a show, first of all. And it was I remember it was, like, mostly screen. Uh, and yeah. then it would have, like, the, the stage on front where, like, you know, it would have, like, the guy in the motor, like, the Terminator would come out with, like, motorcycles and, like, they'd, you know, do stuff on stage and they'd, like, drive into the screen to be part of the film. Uh, did it, like, have that same sort of quality when you say it's a screen situation? Uh, well, because that was, like, a, a 3D screen. Uh, was it 3D? Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, 3D. Yeah, it was 3D. Yeah. Yeah, so that kind of, like, amplified the, the absurdness that you were watching, especially when Arnold and Eddie were walking around like in the future. Um, and you're basically just watching a movie that was, you know, it kind of fit the dimensions, but they do like a little bit different where they're acting in front of a screen for this stunt show. And it, what they did there, that fit their direction that they were going with. So they both, both shows fit the direction and the use of the screen in their own particular way. I do overall think it was, it's worth the show. It's, it was a neat little thing to see. Um, not in a big hurry to see it again. It's one of those one and done type deals. Interesting. That's fair. I was going to ask how Universal hadn't figured out a decent schematic for seating placement after like three other eh, arguable failures. Like when you mentioned that the fact that you you could like sit be sitting on the margins of the theater and see the um see the transition between the screen and the live actors, it right. made me think about the former Back to the Future ride, what is now the Simpsons ride, which Miles might know something about. You don't want to get, like, the edge seats because all of a sudden you're going to get fisheye. And you're going you're gonna to be cursed with, like, seeing, like, a distorted version of everything that's going on in front of you. Like, Homer's, like, fatter on one half of his like body, essentially. Still fat yeah. everywhere, but fatter on one side. I did the Simpsons recently, mm-hmm. and I sat, like, pretty far to the right, and it wasn't that big of a deal. I think yeah. because I was on the first lo- level, I was looking up most of the times. That was the biggest pain. Not so much the curvature. Not as bad as soaring over the world at Epcot Center, where that is just oh. horrible if you're on the edge. That shit will make you launch. If you're not careful. It's like, I don't remember the, the Eiffel Tower having a bend like that. <laughs> King Kong just visited. God, that just made me think, what if Superman was afraid of heights? Right? What that if, is what interesting. If there was, what if he had no sort of like a behavioral therapist uh, or a cognitive um, routine uh, to deal with that, but he still had to be Superman? And he would just like take off. For one thing, he wouldn't be able to sneak up on the Legion of Doom like ever. Because <laughs> as soon as he's like within, you know, within like uh, uh, within radar range, you're just going to be like, what's that? Who the hell is screaming out? <laughs> when think about how much money the Legion of Doom will save by like not having to worry about like putting in any like high like end uh-huh. altitude radar. Yeah. You can keep everything no low. Like it's it's fine. 
Yeah, you know, Lex Luthor's going to be sitting there just like, mm, shut down the uh, security systems. I kind of want to see him come in for close range. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's see if he can stick the landing. Joker, why are you not laughing at this? It's just mean. <laughs> Honestly, it's just sad, Lex. This is just embarrassing. <laughs> Thank you for the impression, because I couldn't do it. Ha 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 ha. All right, on that note, uh, we are going to segue into the big topic for tonight. Um, and Bob, you've got some audio to lead us into that, don't you? Yeah, we're going to talk about this guy. I got a lot of ideas. You know what I think? I think Kleenex ought to have little targets on them. Wouldn't that be a good idea? Little bullseyes right in the middle of the Kleenex. Make it kind of sporting when you're with your friends. Look, Dave, an 85! <laughs> That's a good idea. I got a lot of good ideas. Trouble is, most of them suck. So today we are uh, we're, we're taking a cue from the WWE and we are creating and enshrining the first person into the Cretans Guild Hall of Fame. We are going to enshrine those that inspire us, that move us, that make us think and make us feel. And they all have a bit of an edge to them. Obviously, this isn't we're not going to like put in like Herman Munster. Like yeah. it's, it's, that's not going to happen. Bob Newhart. Although Bob Newhart would be great. These these yeah. guys are our modern day philosophers. You know the the mm-hmm. the, the the people who have been you know, kind of shunned by society uh, and, you know, just kind of set out to to make the world their own on their own terms. Stand-up philosophers, you know, bullshit artists. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> uh, you know, and I don't think it's just philosopher or, or stand-up comedians that would be on this list. Like, I don't think those, th- this isn't the Cretans Guild Stand-Up Hall of Fame. Like, we're going to be able to put other people into here as well that we enjoy, but um, at, le- at least that's my interpretation of it. Bob, is that accurate? Yeah, we'll go with one, uh, one case at a time here. Yeah, but yes. Sure. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so if if you're not familiar with George Carlin, first off, fuck you. Shame on you. <laughs> but here, here's 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 a little here's a little background on George. George was born in 1937 in New York City, uh, had Irish American grandparents, and was expelled from two high schools, uh, and then eventually joined the Air Force uh, and was court-martialed three times because three is a magic right. number. Uh, he eventually became a DJ for KXOL in Fort Worth, which began his career in comedy and was a uh, clean cut stand up, like squeaky clean stand up yeah. back in the back in the 50s and very early 60s. Dude, there's uh, a uh, there's an HBO special where they show some of his older uh, stand up acts. Was it Carlin? What was it? Carlin and Carlin and Bruce? No, was it? I, I, I don't remember, but I just remember seeing it. And he's like, he, he he's doing like the uh, the Bing Crosby bit where he's wearing a three piece suit, clean yeah. shaven, and everything is close cropped and bro creams back to hell. It was yeah. uh yeah, a, he was on Ed Sullivan as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in 1961, he was arrested because he didn't have an ID with him. And he was placed in the same car as Lenny Bruce, which began the turn for Carlin into one of becoming a counterculture icon. Uh, in '73, one of Carlin's routines was known as the Seven Dirty Words You Can't Say on Television. Uh, shit, piss, cunt, fuck, cocksucker, motherfucker, and tits. Uh, oh, bonus points for whoever, uh, um, uh, remembers the three peripheral ones. Uh, oh, um, fart, turd, and twat. Yep. Yes. There, there it is. is. There it is. There it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so those are the seven dirty words you can't say on TV. Uh, and it was aired on the daytime on WBAI and the FCC. They didn't like that. <laughs> uh, they took the station to court, went all the way to the Supreme Court, who ended up in favor of the FCC, uh, ruling that some current day judges say should have gone the other way. Georgia said he's thrilled to be a footnote in American history with the First Amendment. 
Uh, he did 14 HBO specials, 20 stand-up, 20 stand-up albums, and was the host of the first Saturday Night Live. He played Rufus, Cardinal Glick and Dogma, and Fillmore and Cars, and he was also Mr. Conductor on Shining Time Station. Which all, still blows well, my also writing mind. six books. Uh, George Carlin, the first inductee uh, into the Cretans Guild Hall of Fame. Uh, and honestly, we could close the fucking doors right now. Uh, and it'd be fine. It would still be the best, the best hall of fame on the planet right now. Uh, but I want to ask you guys, uh, what is, do you guys actually have a physical location or is this more of a WWE hall of fame type of thing? I, we have as much a physical location as the WWE does. We're, we're, we're going to get a bronze George Carlin statue made and put it in the lobby of a random building in Connecticut, just like they did. So holding the mic with one hand and flipping the bird with the other. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we're so, going to do that for everybody who's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> they're all going to hold a mic and flip the bird. It's very weird. Yeah. I can't I don't wait know to be here for Betty White's episode. That. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> uh, so what are, what are your guys' favorite uh, roles that George Carlin played? Outside of just, you know, being a genius stand-up comedian, like his, his acting, what was your favorite role that he played? Overall, for me, it would be Rufus and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, but it'd be a really, really close... Uh, the cameo he has in Dogma is just so funny yeah. when he's giving the yeah. rules of the road. Like, uh, oh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Jay and Silent yeah, Bob shit. Strike Back. Because that was my pick. Go ahead. Don't okay. be so suburban. <laughs> uh, for, for me, actually, and this actually, because this is something I could share with my kid, uh, it's Fillmore from Cars. Uh, when Victor oh. was uh, between between two and like five, I think I watched Cars about three thousand times, and that's not exaggerating. Uh, and it was I like it that was cool. movie. That's not a that's not the worst kids movie to have to rewatch a lot. Cars is not a bad film. It gets shit on. It is not bad. Uh, but you know George Carlin was in it, and it was always you know kind of tickled me a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, it's, uh, my kid <laughs> likes him too. That's awesome. Um, little uh, let's see if you guys knew this fun fact about. Uh, Fillmore and Cars about his license plate. The digits on the front of his pl- plate uh, were George Carlin's birthday. And no also, shit. if you're playing it on a standard DVD player and you hit the number seven on your remote control the first time you see him on screen, Fillmore actually performs the seven dirty words you can't say in Cars. <laughs> Cars. <laughs> oh, fuck. I wish that were true. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bob, what's your favorite role? Oh man, Cardinal Gleck from Dogma. He was perfect as that role. Is like this over the top Irish priest. They're confronting him in his office about what about this and what about that. Like, okay, mistakes were made, and it just it looked like he like, enveloped himself in that role. Well, as a lapsed Catholic, I'm sure George quite appreciated the ability to to, <laughs> to poke yeah. a little bit of fun at the church there. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Uh, where does he rank for you guys amongst the greatest comic standups of all time? He's got to be in the top three for me. I would also say three. and uh, But what I was going to say is you actually hit the nail on the head, Jay, when you mentioned modern philosopher. Because mm-hmm. that, to me, is what George Carlin's legacy is more than anything. He's clearly hilarious. He made it in clean comedy early on in his career. And that's the thing is his, his career spans for decades. Like, it's not like he stopped. Like, he kept going the whole damn time. Uh, all the way to the very end. But, like, the longer he goes and the later into his life he gets, I mean, it's kind of, I think a lot of comedians dream of 
being able to do what he did later in life where I mean like he a lot of times he, like I don't even think he wrote a joke I think he just said something that pissed him off and then he's just like I'm just gonna talk about why for the next 10 to 12 minutes and this crowd is going to love that shit um, but like it, you can't just do that be, until you are at that level I mean he's a legend but like I mean the the topics he spoke on uh, I mean, modern day philosopher couldn't, I couldn't put it better than that myself right there. Uh, and still very, very funny the whole way through. Absolutely. Well, for, for me personally, George is probably number one. Um, it's something that, uh, it's someone I first heard through my grandfather, um, which is just awesome. Uh, cause it's totally up my grandpa's alley. Uh, it's something that's remained funny to me and just the, the career longevity he had and the constant, uh, relevance that he maintained because yeah. even up to his last stand up routine, it was no, it wasn't just like, Oh look, they're dragging George out again. Uh, it <laughs> was, this shit's good. Like it's biting. It's, uh, hard satire. It's, str- it's just strong comedy. And, and that's, that's why he's, he's probably my personal favorite. How about you, Corey? Honestly, it's fucking first. I mean, yeah. there's no even pretending. Um, and coming from the pool, or coming from the era of stand-up that he did, I'd like to I'd like to claim that those are no small fucking words <laughs> because he was up against, well, not only just like the clean the clean cut uh, performers of his era. You know, he had to like bridge outside of that bubble and still make it for himself, even uh, even though counterculturalism was beginning to pick up at that time. But before he would have to go up against. You know, speaking of dudes that like. Uh, are still working, Bob Newhart. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> well, uh, of a type. I mean, he does movies and stuff nowadays, but uh, it, working his way outside of the uh, gin joints, he uh, had to uh, keep up with, you know, uh, Lenny Bruce, as we had just mentioned. And then when we, when we started going into the 80s, uh, he, was, uh, he, was, uh, he was up against uh, uh, Bill uh, Hicks um, and a lot of other people whose uh, names are uh, I'm completely spacing on right now because my brain is a fucking sieve. <laughs> well, I mean, you, look, you, look, you look at the people that he was that that were doing comedy at the same time. I mean, you had Richard Pryor, you had uh, Bill Hicks, you had Dennis Leary, you had you know Andrew Dice Clay, and just well, uh, when Sam Kinison. Dennis Leary, you're more or less saying Bill Hicks. Well, sure, but <laughs> <laughs> regardless, but, it's but yes, yeah, that's right. I mean, Rodney Dangerfield and Andrew Dice Clay and a lot of his troupe at the same time. Robin Williams, yeah, Robin Williams and Robin Williams, Jesus H. But he was the one that always like rode the crest of uh, of stand up of stand up comedy through through so many eras and through so many like zeitgeists. He had his pulse on what society is, mm-hmm. not not what makes society tick or what makes society work, but what society fucking is more than any yeah. other comedian. You mm-hmm. know, he has he had he had such a deep understanding of the human condition mm-hmm. and what it means to be alive in America in whatever year it was. Um, like, I mean, like we, we listen to, to classic gold all the time, Corey. Yeah. Which was like <laughs> early fucking early stand up shit. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is, it's, it's comedy that was relevant in 1972 when it was recorded or 1968 when it was recorded, when mm-hmm. we first heard it in 2009 or yeah. 1999. And it's still relevant today. Um, mm-hmm. because he understood the human condition. He understood the society that he lived in. Um, which is, you know, so many comedians are just like, Hey, I found a bit. I'm going to run with it. Yeah. And it's for him, it was the bit was society. Mm -hmm. Like 
he was laughing at life in general so much more and so more so much more direct i mean that's what all comedy is to some extent is we're all trying to find that little thing that makes some all of us kind of go huh, huh, that's yeah. dumb but uh <laughs> <laughs> but like he was just so much better at it and like a much larger scale like you said it's like not just like the little fine intricate parts of society but again like jay said yeah. he, like just what society was i mean and that going back to like the modern day philosopher aspects, I mean, he does so much political humor, which I mean, for like newer comics, like we don't even touch that shit because it's so you divide the audience. So you can't do that type of humor really on a, on a broad scale until you have a following kind of thing. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, you basically, if you try to do political humor at a comedy club, you have half the room that hates you because they disagree with you politically mm-hmm. and half the room that hates you because they wanted to get away from politics for a night and you've just, you know, divided the room. Uh, versus him, I mean, you know, once he, like, he, he had such a following in his career and he was just so damn funny. He could talk Mm -hmm. about anything. I know Mm -hmm. for a fact it wasn't all atheist in those rooms when he was talking about how stupid the Ten Commandments are. I mean, like, you know, stuff like that is something that you have to surf such a fine edge. Uh, and no one did it better than him in that regard. That was, that was one of the things too. He, when his, when his comedy chose a target, he shot from the audience. He was able to, like, I don't know, biolocate, for lack of a better term. <laughs> First, it was a good example, uh, or that was a good example, the Ten Commandments. Like, he could make fun of the Ten Commandments because he wasn't saying all Christians are stupid, or all of Christianity is stupid. But this one particular element of it is kind of whack, and a lot of Christians are perfectly aware of that shit. Yep. So, <laughs> so he, was able to, he was able to keep himself, like, critical alongside the audience rather than against them. But see, then he would he would get you hooked with something like that, and he would go mm-hmm. as far in some of his jokes. He downright says, uh, like, these dumbasses who wow. actually believe in Christianity are like, yeah. I might be slightly paraphrasing, but he shoots mm-hmm. hard in that regard. Like, I mean... Well, I, he, he, goes into, he goes into Invisible Man in the Sky territory a lot. A lot. But, yeah, I was, I was going to say, but there... It, if uh, if he was wanting to if he was wanting to bring the audience into that sort of a bit, then he would start with something that more, collectively more or less like brought them, them together. Yeah, right. They could laugh at like the more ludicrous aspects of a particular subject before he brings them into the edgier stuff. Dude, I have I have like one of my jokes that I tell that is my one of my personal favorites. Has mm-hmm. never once worked on stage ever, uh, and it's all—it's it's like one of my only uh, jokes I tell, really, like from like a very atheistic perspective. It's about my uh-huh. growing out my—I grow out my hair, I have very long hair. I grow it out and I donate it for locks of love. And essentially, mm-hmm. the bit is, I you know, it's my get out of hell free card. But that part <laughs> usually works okay. But I just can't stop, and I go in further, and I talk about like, uh, you know, basically when it keep out a guy that like he gave cancer to. I mean, look at all the children in heaven with hair like mine right now that part loses them every <laughs> single time I think that shit's hilarious personally uh, haven't that's got actually, a room with it once <laughs> but it's true what you say that like uh, doing political and religious humor is like you've got to be Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. the moment you step your foot in the, into the ring as, as I far as I just pissed goes. off a lot of your Which, audience just now Oh yeah, no, you didn't. I don't think you did. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You probably have not. With Listen, the Cretans um, Guild, I felt comfortable talking about it. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> you you, sh- you gotta dig uh, uh you gotta dig into a lot of our archives here to uh, know how far we have gone and could go if we needed to. 
All right, so now we're we're, we're going to hop into our favorite George Carlin bits. Uh, and up first, we have Miles. Miles, you uh, chose Rights and Privileges. Why is that? I chose Rights and Privileges because it's really late in his career, and I feel like it just kind of shows him at the height of both his... I mean, I think there are funnier George Carlin bits, but I don't know that he is ever both funny while getting such a like important message across at the same time. Like, I mean, he was essentially telling people that everything they believe about their rights and what they have as Americans, specifically American people, uh, is complete and utter bullshit. But he did so in such a funny way that people, I think, were like, ha, 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 ha. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> So that's, that's, that's why I went with that one is I felt like it was like his his perfect peak of humor meets philosopher. Boy, everyone in this country is always running around yammering about their fucking rights. I have a right. You have no right. We have a right. They don't have a right. Folks, I hate to spoil your fun, but there's no such thing as rights, okay? They're imaginary. We made them up like the boogeyman. <laughs> the three little pigs, Pinocchio, Mother Goose, shit like that. Rights are an idea. They're just imaginary. They're a cute idea. Cute. But that's all cute and fictional. But if you think you do have rights, let me ask you this. Where do they come from? People say, well, they come from God. They're God-given rights. Oh, fuck. Here we go again. Here we go again. The God excuse. The last refuge of a man with no answers and no argument. It came from God. Anything we can't describe must have come from God. Personally, folks, I believe that if your rights came from God, he would have given you the right to some food every day, and he would have given you the right to a roof over your head. God would have been looking out for you. He wouldn't have been worried about making sure you have a gun so you get drunk on Sunday night and kill your girlfriend's parents. But let's say it's true. Let's say God gave us these rights. Why would he give us a certain number of rights? The Bill of Rights in this country has 10 stipulations, okay? 10 rights. And apparently God was doing sloppy work that week because we've had to amend the Bill of Rights an additional 17 times. So God forgot a couple of things like slavery. Just fucking slipped his mind. But let's say, let's say God gave us the original 10. He gave the British 13. The British Bill of Rights has 13 stipulations. The Germans have 29. The Belgians have 25. The Swedish have only six. And some people in the world have no rights at all. What kind of a fucking goddamn God-given deal is that? No rights at all? Why would God give different people in different countries different numbers of different rights? Boredom? Amusement? Bad arithmetic? Do we find out at long last, after all this time, that God is weak in math skills? Doesn't sound like divine planning to me. Sounds more like human planning. Sounds more like one group trying to control another group. In other words, business as usual in America. Now, if you think you do have rights, one last assignment for you. Next time you're at the computer, get on the internet, go to Wikipedia. When you get to Wikipedia, in the search field for Wikipedia, I want you to type in Japanese Americans 1942, and you'll find out all about your precious fucking rights, okay? All right. You know about it. You know about it. Yeah. 
1942, there were 110,000 Japanese-American citizens and good-standing, law-abiding people who were thrown into internment camps simply because their parents were born in the wrong country. That's all they did wrong. They had no right to a lawyer, no right to a fair trial, no right to a jury of their peers, no right to due process of any kind. The only right they had, right this way, <laughs> into the internment camps. Just when these American citizens needed their rights the most, their government took them away. And rights aren't rights if someone can take them away. They're privileges. That's all we've ever had in this country is a bill of temporary privileges. And if you read the news even badly, you know that every year the list gets shorter and shorter and shorter. Sooner or later, the people in this country are going to realize the government does not give a fuck about them. Government doesn't care about you or your children or your rights or your welfare or your safety. It simply doesn't give a fuck about you. It's interested in its own power. That's the only thing, keeping it and expanding it wherever possible. Personally, when it comes to rights, I think one of two things is true. I think either we have unlimited rights or we have no rights at all. All right, Corey, so you chose politicians and the public suck. Why is that? It kind of uh, wows me a little bit that people that may have heard that bit at one point still view politics as like, as like speaking of binary, <laughs> as like just that binary. That the pool, uh, that the selection pool that uh, that we get politicians from comes from comes from us, comes from the uh, an entire continent filled from like coast to coast with assholes that speak just like us. And I don't know what happens uh, uh, with them to choose that as a pol as a possible career pursuit or whatever. But they take some training and learn how to speak marginally better than the rest of us. And then these are the people that we for some weird reason, hold up to like a better moral standard or an ethical standard than us while kind of quietly acknowledging that they're criminals and, <laughs> and we give them the ability to legislate us. Now there's one thing you might've noticed. I don't complain about politicians. Everybody complains about politicians. Everybody says they suck. Well, where do people think these politicians come from? They don't fall out of the sky. They don't pass through a membrane from another reality. They come from American parents and American families, American homes, American schools, American churches, American businesses, and American universities, and they're elected by American citizens. This is the best we can do, folks. This is what we have to offer. It's what our system produces. Garbage in, garbage out. If you have selfish, ignorant citizens, if you have selfish, ignorant citizens, you're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. And term limits ain't going to be any good. You're just going to wind up with a brand new bunch of selfish, ignorant Americans. So maybe, maybe, maybe it's not the politicians who suck. Maybe something else sucks around here, like the public. Yeah, the public sucks. There's a nice campaign slogan for somebody. The public sucks. Fuck hope. Fuck hope. Because if it's really just the fault of these politicians, then where are all the other bright people of conscience? Where are all the bright, honest, intelligent Americans ready to step in and save the nation and lead the way? We don't have people like that in this country. Everybody's at the mall, scratching his ass, picking his nose, taking his credit card out of his fanny pack and buying a pair of sneakers with lights in them. All right, so my choice is uh, Wonderful Wino uh, from one of his <laughs> earlier albums, AMFM. Great choice. Uh, 
Also on the Classic Gold album, which uh, I, I referenced earlier, uh, Classic Gold is my favorite Carlin album. Yeah. Um, because it is just like distilled origin story of George Carlin. Um, and the wonderful wino bit is, uh, as someone who worked in radio or had aspirations to have a career in radio that failed, um, th- this just felt right to me. Like the, the, the bits are funny. The characters are great. Um, I love Al Sleet, your hippy dippy weather man. Hey, um, <laughs> dippy weather man. <laughs> the, whole thing is, the whole thing is so like incessantly quotable. It is. It yeah. really yeah. is. Yeah. And it's 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 probably the farthest away from his his later pieces uh, because it is it's a bit. You know, it's a, <laughs> it's sketch comedy. It's, it's basically what it is. It out, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's one man sketch comedy, and uh, I don't I don't. Give a fuck. It's brilliant. It's wonderful. No, that's a um, fucking fabulous choice, dude. And that like, it's so yeah, hard yeah. to find a bad one, to be fair. Like, it's not True. like you're, you know... But yeah, no, like, that's a really good, like, because you're completely right. That's so far on, like, the other side of the spectrum from Corey and my picks. I was a disc jockey when I was 19. I was lucky. I found a job, like, you know, when I should have been uh, still learning about it. And uh, it inspired wonderful wino and Willie West, a character of mine. Radio stations, of course, change personnel rather rapidly. Willie West is no longer at Wonderful Wino. He's been replaced by Scott Lame. Hi, gang! Scott Lame here! The boss jock with the boss sounds from the boss list of the boss 30 that my boss told me to play! Right here on the Nifty 850. Wonderful Wino Radio! Wonderful Wino! The big sound in the big town. Why no time? Bing bong. Five minutes past the big hour at five o'clock. Hey, we'll get started. One of the big sounds this week. Number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Last week was number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Moved up four spaces. Four spaces. Four spaces. Four spaces. Four spaces. Here is one of the new supergroups: Crosby, Stills, Nash, Young, Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Sacco, and Vanzetti. And the ever-present footprints cross the shadows on the carpets of the hallways of the memories of your mind. Okay, kids, one of the big sounds and a great story behind that one. And you heard it first right here on Wonderful Wino. Wonderful Wino. Why no time? Bing bong. Five minutes past the big hour of five o'clock. Moving along with two in a row. A big double play. Back-to-back sounds for you on the Scott Lane get-together on a wonderful Wednesday. Here's a tune that's really moving fast. When I say fast, it was recorded at nine o'clock this morning. <laughs> At 12 noon, it was number 15. At 3 o'clock, it was the number one sound in town. And now it's a golden oldie. Solid gold to make you feel old. Solid gold to make you feel old. A golden flashback from the summer of 69, before you were born, remember, kids? Here they are, the red, white, and blue electric outdoor Protestant blues band. And then back with more of the big sounds for you here on the Scott Lane Get Together for Wonderful Wednesday Afternoon. Why no time? Bing bong. Five minutes past the big hour of five o'clock. <laughs> Soon as we come back, we'll be listening on Medical Records, Won't You Take My Heart by the Donors, and My Body is Rejecting Your Heart by the Recipients. But first... Why no news? Why no news? Why no Dum 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 d
from around the world, across the nation, and up your street. Here it is. Wino News with Wino Newsman Bill Beeper. Saigon. Phnom Penh. Bangkok. That's it from Wino News. Details on the half hour. Okay, kids, I'm back with more of the big sounds for you here. Wino time, bing bong. Five minutes past the big hour of five o'clock. Right here on Wonderful Wino. Wonderful Wino. More hits more often. Big number seven this week. Number seven, number seven, number seven, number seven, number seven, number seven. This is one of the great bands from San Francisco. Brain Damage. And a tune that's uh, really making it for them. In fact, it's number three, number three, number three, number three, number three, number three. That's right. It moved up four spots while I was talking about it. Here it is. And say, stick around following the show. Kids will be featuring some local basketball. Local basketball. Today, Andy Granatelli Vocational plays um, The Mighty Purple of Owsley High. One of the big games, too. And okay, let's move back to more of the big sounds. Billy and the Blemishes. And one last pimple. I got one last pimple from Gwen State with you. Don't know whether to break it or leave it alone. It's the only one I call Hey, don't forget, kids, if you have a problem like that, yes, if you're the only one in the crowd who doesn't have unsightly blemishes, pick up on Pimple On. Now you can put them anywhere you want. Put them all on one side of your face and look the other way. Put a peace sign on your forehead. Spell out your girlfriend's name on your back. Hey, coming up during the next hour here on the uh, Scott Lame Show, we'll be listening to the new John Lennon single, which if you play it backwards at slow speed, it screws up your needle. And don't forget, the Associated Press tells us that 218 people have been killed on the nation's highways. The National Safety Council expects a total of 500. You're not trying, friends. I'm going to listen to that tomorrow. Um... (laughs) All right. Uh, and Bob, you chose baseball and football or baseball versus football. Why is that? That one bit right there, because I, I think when I first heard that, I was just starting to play football for the first time. And I had played like Little League Baseball. And obviously his seven words you can't say on TV was his most famous bit. So I think baseball versus football might be his second most famous bit. I, I It could be in the minority of that. I don't know. But when I heard it, it was just like, oh, man, this is so freaking perfect i mean i love the political stuff i love the dirty humor i love everything he says but then the the baseball football stuff it really stuck i think that might have been the first george carlin routine i ever heard which is probably why it's stuck with me for such a long time and just the comparisons are freaking hilarious about how it's a pastime sport versus a a brutal war basically going on the field with spectators like to talk a little bit about baseball and football. It's 
starting with baseball. Baseball is different from any other sport in a lot of different little ways. For instance, in most sports, you score points or you score goals. In baseball, you score runs. In most sports, the ball or the object is put in play by the offensive team. In baseball, the defense puts the ball in play, and only the defensive team is allowed to touch the ball. In fact, in baseball, if an offensive player touches the ball intentionally, he's out. Also, most sports, the team is run by a coach. In baseball, the team is run by a manager. And only in baseball does the manager or the coach have to wear the same uniform the players do. Can you picture Bill Parcells in his New York Giants uniform? Now, baseball and football are different from one another in other kind of interesting ways, I think. First of all, um, Baseball is a 19th century pastoral game. Football is a 20th century technological struggle. <laughs> baseball is played on a diamond, in a park, the baseball park. Football is played on a gridiron in a stadium, sometimes called Soldier Field or War Memorial Stadium. Baseball begins in the spring, the season of new life. Football begins in the fall when everything is dying. In football, you wear a helmet. In baseball, you wear a cap. Football is concerned with downs. What down is it? Baseball is concerned with ups. Who's up? Are you up? I'm not up. He's up. In football, the specialist comes in to kick. In baseball, the specialist comes in to relieve someone. In football, you receive a penalty. In baseball, you make an error. Whoops. Football has hitting, clipping, spearing, blocking, piling on, late hitting, unnecessary roughness, and personal fouls. Baseball has the sacrifice. <laughs> Football is played in any kind of weather. Rain, sleet, snow, hail, mud. Can't read the numbers on the field, can't read the yard markers, can't read the players' numbers. The struggle will continue. In baseball, if it rains, we don't come out to play. <laughs> Baseball has a seventh-inning stretch. Football has the two-minute warning. <laughs> Baseball has no time limit. We don't know when it's going to end. We might have extra innings. Football is rigidly timed, and it will end even if we have to go to sudden death. In baseball, during the game in the stands, there's kind of a picnic feeling. Emotions may run high or low, but there's not that much unpleasantness. In football, in the stands during the game, you can be sure that at least 27 times you were perfectly capable of taking the life of a fellow human being. Preferably a stranger. And finally, the objectives of the two games are totally different. In football, the object is for the quarterback, otherwise known as the field general, 
to be on target with his aerial assault, riddling the defense by hitting his receivers with deadly accuracy, in spite of the blitz, even if he has to use the shotgun. With short bullet passes and long bombs, he marches his troops into enemy territory, balancing this aerial assault with a sustained ground attack which punches holes in the forward wall of the enemy's defensive line. In baseball, the object is to go home. And to be safe. I hope I'll be safe at home. Safe at home. Can I talk about my favorite, like, George Carlin story real quick? It's not a bit at Hell's all. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I honestly, like, I always, when I, I pulled it up, like, while we were, uh, I'll be honest, it was while, it was while Corey was kind of ranting. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I pulled up some info on it just so I could try to get it as accurate as possible, but I don't want to let the truth get in the way of a good story. But uh, George Carlin recorded an album. Uh, it was one of his stand-up specials for HBO, and it was called I Kinda Like It When A Lot Of People Die. Um, <laughs> check this out, though. This this recording was destroyed. The audio has actually become available later in life, but like the vi- the video recording was destroyed because, believe it or not, that... Uh, that special was recorded in New York City on September 10th, 2001. Uh-huh. Yep. So, obviously, that's not, like, a great look with the events that mm-hmm. happened the next day. So, like, his manager at the time is the story I've heard, essentially. Or it might have been, like, the HBO people were just like, that, that, that ain't happening. Like, uh, So, that yeah. got shut down. They kept the audio, but the video was actually destroyed. There was a uh, wow. yeah he he wasn't on target one hundred percent of the time which I think might 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 make for an interesting segment if we had the you know guts for it but um, there's another bit that he stopped doing after uh, September 11th and that was airport security you remember that one uh, oh I watched that one while I was yeah hundred percent because it yeah. definitely is uncomfortable in the post uh, post nine eleven world for sure. Uh, he was also a guest star on The Simpsons, and oddly enough, I told Bob this earlier because I just happened to notice, but, like, I review these episodes chronologically, right? Like, I've been on mm-hmm. Best Darn Diddly at my other podcast, uh, I, uh, I record, um, each episode of The Simpsons in order. We're on season 10 right now, and the next episode that I am scheduled to record is called Doe in the Wind, which is season 10, episode 6, and features a guest appearance by George Carlin. Right. That's fantastic. The timing of that is incredible <laughs> to me for what it's worth. Yeah, I love that. Synchronicity, Shit. like crazy, man. But uh, George Carlin was like one of the first, he was like the gateway to older comedy. Uh, because he had, you know, like was pointed out earlier, he was still doing HBO specials and stuff. So it was yeah. easy to get him get into him at that point because, well, he was an older comic and he was doing the edgy shit that I so much, so love to, you know, recite in front of my parents. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> and I began like listening to the older comics like after that. I meant to tell you earlier because you brought up Richard Pryor. Uh, there's also mm-hmm. uh, a really fun uh, video you can see on YouTube. It's uh, Richard Carlin. I'm sorry, Richard Pryor and George Carlin uh, together appearing on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show in 1981. It's a 30, yeah. 30 minute video, and you can actually watch the whole thing. And I mean, it's just really cool to see arguably the two greatest uh, comedians of the day, like sitting with the arguably greatest talk show host of all time. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. I will check that, that out. Wait, that was 1981. That, mm, that might've been uh, yeah. They were probably like promoting car wash 
on that show, weren't they? They were, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I gotta see But it's just that. like, okay. it's just them, like, honestly, it, it's like, the, you don't even, like, they don't stick to the script at all, man. Like, they just have, like, so much fun. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's great. Uh, that, I think, is going to do the episode, though. And one of one of our better ones for a long time. But I mean, hey, you know, when you got good help, it's good. To, it's easy to make good content. <laughs> when you got class, <laughs> <laughs> Miles, uh, plug your stuff, man. Tell us where we can find you, where we can uh, hear you. Sure, I'm pretty much everywhere online at Mister Most Days Off, and you can find my Simpsons podcast at bestdarndidly.com. Uh, if you're not into The Simpsons, I also have a Friday show uh, where I just talk about all the other nerdy crap that I'm into. Uh, Bob was actually on the show a few weeks ago. We talked about Universal Studios, so it's a little bit of everything all over the spectrum. Uh, and then, yeah, on YouTube, Mr. Most Days Off, if you want to catch any of my stand-up clips. Uh, and pretty much all my stuff eventually ends up there. Thank you guys so much for having me, man. I had a lot of fun. Just I, I, I love these types. Of, th- these are my people. You guys, nerds, uh, we, we just... <laughs> We just, like, sink into this conversation, and it's so much fun. I had a blast. Not just nerds, but moral deviants as well. Both. Yes. I mean, yeah, we yes. feed, they feed each other. <laughs> I totally just subscribed to your channel, Miles. Oh, thank you so much, man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we, of course, have a, pro, uh, a proton pack. No, we have a Patreon. <laughs> I wish. We also have a proton pack, sir. It's just off camera in the background. It, it, it may we, be back there. I can neither confirm nor deny. We all have those. That is true. That is true. Uh, but we do have a Patreon page, so uh, if you are able and you know don't don't feel forced, guys. We know shit is still crazy right now, uh, but if you can help keep the lights on, we certainly would appreciate it. Sign up for Patreon. We have a bunch of different tiers, and Bob really wants to give away some stickers. Uh, yeah. So I please, mean, no pressure, no pressure. But my kids are starving. <laughs> right. Yes, Corey's Corey's children are starving. My many my many brood. <laughs> you can go to tpublic.com and search Cretans Guild as one word. There is a uh, there's a sales on our sale ongoing as we speak, uh, where you can get some stuff on sale. Bob, what is on sale right now? Right now, I believe it is coffee mugs and uh, masks, face masks. Nice. Need yourself Very COVID nice. protection? There you go. There you go. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Discord, and of course, Tout. Uh, on YouTube, follow us at uh, Cretan Skilled, obviously. You can also follow Skipper Bob's Breakdowns, where Bob is going to tell you all about life in Orlando and at the theme parks and all that's good there. Uh, it's great stuff. His videos are fantastic, and you get to see his adorable kids. Uh, and then, of course, you can follow me on YouTube, uh, Square Pegs. We are a video game and nerd shit channel. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we're doing fun. We're on our way to 100 subscribers. So yay! We yeah. analyze the shit of nerds. That is true. That is true. It's all very scientific. Yeah, this man had cinnamon toast crunch for lunch. Um, we are part of the Podfix network. I'm sure they love that. <laughs> well, it's not like I said we had, we analyzed Florida man shit. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. It's like license plates and. <laughs> it's license plates and meth. That's all it is. <laughs> uh, so as always guys uh, to our followers new and old we say welcome to the guild and uh, wash your fucking hands wear a mask this was a podcast of the podfix network you can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.